It's been, I didn't really see much. shit my pants. Yo, Welcome there- home. This is the Residency Podcast. I am Jeff Damasic with Drew Belcher and Low Raven. Yellow. Bringing you the biggest guests and stories in entertainment, business, pop culture, and sports from our studio on the Las Vegas Strip inside the Mandalay Bay. Make sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. This episode is brought to you by Mandalay Bay. All is right in the world because football has finally started again. Do not forget that the Bud Light Beer Garden between Mandalay Bay and Luxor is the only place to enjoy the pregame and postgame for all of the Raiders games. Tons of food, music, big guest experiences, and we will be there all the time to hang out with you guys, so let us know when you're going. Um, The hit TV show, America's Got Talent, has been transformed into a live performance, showcasing the best of comedy, music, danger, dance, and more debuting at Luxor starting November 4th, so make sure to grab some tickets. Yo, how sick would it be to, to actually win America's Got Talent? Do you have, I hope we have talent. <laughs> It'd be so yeah. sick. Um, <laughs> I can't, yeah, not you, but Lobi juggling, by the way, on this show. Uh, I can't think of a band more legendary than Rolling Stones, and their No Filter Tour is coming to Las Vegas November 6th. Make sure to check that out. Once-in-a-lifetime experience for sure. How old are those guys? Uh, psh, old enough to still make a ton of money. Uh, come see us at our studio in the Mandalay Bay Sportsbook anytime. You know we're here. We appreciate you as always. Let's get in the show. Today we have a legend in the restaurant scene, the pizza bad boy himself, the Sultan of Sauce. The owner of Good Pie in downtown Las Vegas, Vincent Rotola. What's good, man? Yo, what's up? Welcome, man. Welcome. So happy to be here. Thank you guys for having me. Awesome. That was an incredible intro, by Thank the way. Thank you. I the appreciate Sultan of Sauce. Like Wait, I, no one's ever said that. And I, I wouldn't say I'm a legend, but I, I can let you say it. So I, that's I cool. Will, you are getting married tomorrow, which we just which found out. Which is crazy to us. Unreal. Getting married. Yes. And then you come to our yeah. podcast yeah. before then. Yeah. I'm just raw. He told his fiance, hey, excuse me, I have something to take care of. <laughs> yeah. I'll see you tomorrow. No, she's yeah. actually getting her hair done for four hours right now. Perfect. So Perfect. I didn't. Perfect. I'm like, hey, this is a great opportunity to come hang out with balance. the boys and try to. Balance. Life's about balance. There's so much testosterone in here, though. This is kind of like the start of the bachelor party right yeah. here. There you go. <laughs> By the way, and as a wedding gift, you can have Sultan of Sauce. That You can trademark it. This, that should be the new slogan. SOS. Yeah. I love it. SOS. Let's go. T-shirts to be made next week. Let's do it. Let's go. I love it. Can we kick it off with some rapid fire pizza questions for you? Yeah, hit me. All right, let's go. Um, I love that, by the way. What's the biggest mistake people can make when they're making pizza? Uh, over top and overstretch. Overstretch. Ooh, I like yeah. that, that for sure. You over top and overstretch. Over top, center load, overstretch. Those are the three major issues. You get those. You get that terrible flop. Overtopping is the biggest problem in pizza. Even pros, like not even yeah. amateurs. Overtopping, overstretching, center loading. Because when it bakes, everything wants to go to the middle anyway, and you got to know that things that you put on the pizza will move. There's gonna they're gonna shift. In flight, right? They're gonna things will be moving. That makes so, sense. Yeah. yeah, and they're gonna move to the middle. So yeah, tutorial guys. There wow, what a fucking great response. Those, those we did not give him this question yeah. before either. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yo, no, off the cuff. Let's <laughs> the do cuff. it. Let's go. Improv. <laughs> Name a topping that should be banned from pizza forever. Ah, dude. Yeah, I mean, no topping should be banned from pizza forever because everybody has something. But there's some people that can choose, like you know, the pineapple, the ranch, the controversial bullshit the that. People kind of like for marketing purposes or exploitation purposes or for purposes that were lack integrity or purity or quality. Those are the things that should be banned from pizza always, but that's never going to happen. So anything that lacks integrity, just low quality shit should be just left off. Anything straight out of a can. 
There we go. Out of this. Love that. Straight oh, out of a can on a pizza, like ban it. Ban it. Yeah. Okay, that's so that's canned fair. pineapple would be absolutely fucking no. Absolutely no, but I've seen some delicious pineapple that gets treated properly with respect prior to being applied, and that's okay. Anything that's treated right before it goes on yeah. is okay. Like, anything that's just pulled out and thrown on is not okay, especially anything that's going to hold a lot of moisture that will, the, the moisture and the, and the wet, right? Whatever's in there is going to come out during the bake on your crust. Soggy. That's that's just bad news. It's disrespectful. Oh, stop doing that. Yo, stop doing it. <laughs> little soggy slice bitch. <laughs> stop it, yo. Whack ass thing. I, I like that. Stop right. it. Sorry. Uh, I'm, yes, I'm yelling at you. Stop yeah, being yeah. a fucking Momo. <laughs> There's standards to this. For sure. Uh, yes. when's, the, when's the last time you ordered a chain delivery pizza? Uh, and from who? <laughs> chain. A chain, a chain, a chain, a chain, a chain. I do R and D on delivery constantly. Yeah. Um, I, I, it's been a while. I, I remember. Uh, I didn't order it, but I was in a house that ordered it. Does okay. that count? That counts. That, that counts. counts. That counts. So I was at a friend's house. It was a sporting event on Papa John's was ordered. Okay. And it was delivered, and you know, I, I ate some. So that was like 2007. Seven. Oh my, oh my god. god. Guy said, "Oh, 14 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. It was 2000. I remember. So I never, remember because yeah. we talked about it. Yeah. I thought it was gonna be, oh, you know, Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. I remember because I had a BlackBerry. So yeah, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have an iPhone. Yeah, bro. Yeah, so I, I remember because like... I took a grainy photo of it. Pre Facebook. Yeah, that's... that was like my first Facebook post. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. 2007 was I, around. I that. posted on MySpace. I remember oh my distinctly. Distinctly. Well, you kind of answered the great debate: pineapple on pizza. Yes, if yeah. it's if it's done with quality ingredients. I'll never do it. Right. Okay. But I recently had a, c a customer come in and we talked and this girl went to Boise State and was upset because they lost, I guess they lost a baseball team or something. So she was disappointed about losing a sports team. And so I told her, just, I felt bad. And I was like, if you bring in a pineapple, that's a whole pineapple. I'll put it on for you. But don't bring a can in here. We'll ban you. So. Um, she came back with a pineapple and we put it on. Okay. That's awesome. Wow, that's she actually came excuse me. Come with your here, fresh ingredients my put she literally was like, Vince said if I bring this, you'll put it on, and we did. I love that. I love we that. sliced sure. it up on the on the on the slicer. Yeah. We didn't even take the middle out. We just thin sliced it, salt and pepper, roasted it on a rack, we pre-roasted it, right. reduced the moisture, and then we just put it on the pizza Ooh, po post oven. Like, have you ever had any other custom toppings? Bring bring in toppings? Uh did no. you bring in an actual anchovy? Yeah, right. <laughs> we've we've you can bring an anchovy, I'll do it. I think that there's certain things we don't buy because our own integrity or quality uh, feelings about it, right? right. Um, I just believe, like, this is my pizza until I agree to sell it to you. Yeah. Like, this is not your pizza before you paid. And if I don't agree to sell it to you, then you ain't getting it. I yeah. like that philosophy. And, and I don't, don't want to sound condescending, but it means that much to me, so... Customers that come in and we have to deny them certain things they're asking for. We try to do it carefully and we always want to offer them a, a thoughtful alternative and, and just be on their side. Yeah. Just let's get to the end result of what they want, but we, we don't ever compromise quality. Good, as you shouldn't. Yeah, this that. is not a build your own, like, yeah. freely. Here's it's a build have. your own within our world of our what, what we want to allow, exactly. right? So we, Love yeah, that. so that's what it is. I like that. That makes sense. That was that was our rapid fire pizza section. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. Well, crush it with the first one. Um, yo, that was good. I feel like I feel relieved. That was tough, right? No, I thought I was about to get stumped right now. That was tough. That was tough. Because you guys keep it real. You guys yeah, are not okay. playing around. Look, we're trying to get to the bottom of this, right? You know, pizza has a history. We need to hear it all. Um, so, uh, by the way, all the things that you could spend your time doing, 
Why did you decide to go into one of the most difficult directions in the world and open restaurants? I just have an intense love and passion for it for a long, long time. Um, I think that growing up in, the, in, in New York City and spending a lot of time in Brooklyn and, and lower Manhattan, you know, my mom lived in Brooklyn. I lived with her and then my dad lived in Greenwich Village on Bleecker Street above John's, which was a famous pizzeria. Still the, is. Yeah. Re, the original Brick Oven John's. Um, I think it's got the highest score ever on like Barstool. It does. Pizza yeah. reviews. Yeah, John's on Bleecker. And, yeah. and well-deserved. So I grew up on weekends living above that that pizzeria and it's kind of an institution and started working there as a you know pre-teen in 1985 and it's been a love affair with pizza ever since and so it's just you know uh it just gives me a feeling of of nostalgia of youth of of my father you know my father was good friends with the owner and uh you know may he rest in peace and um, it just it keeps me connected to family and my heritage in a way that no other food has. And I think that's, that's really important. Everything I do in the food space, I have a strong emotional connection to, and that's why I don't do certain gimmicky things. But I think that I'm finding my voice within things that are perceived to be gimmicks that I can, that I can put out to grab people's attention that I can also be proud of to put out and, and not feel like I'm, I'm like... I'm putting something out that's below my standard in order to just sell a product or get attention. Right. Did, well, you obviously started your foyer into pizza late. What were you doing in between that time? You, you became an adult. You obviously tried other jobs and then came back to pizza. Yeah. It was always hospitality for me, except okay. a real short time when I, was, when I ran a youth sports program and my son was young. So the story real quick, the, long, the short version of the long story is this. When I was 12 years old, I started at John's Pizza. You know, I was a kid and worked on weekends and after school and kind of grew up in that pizzeria and was rolling dough. And I was, a, I was like, like below busser. I was like an assistant to the busser. And then I became a busser and then kind of had an opportunity to go on a route as a pizza maker. But at that time, the pizza makers were not really making the kind of money that the servers were making. So I, and it was harder work. So I was like, okay, I learned how to make a pizza. My brother actually was uh, a server there. Um, three years older than me. He was 16. I was 13 at the time. And he was making pizzas like for family meal. So I started making the pizza. I kind of fell in love with it, but I wanted the money more because I wanted to save up for a BMX bike and we had like a quarter pipe in our backyard and I, I just wanted money. Right. <laughs> you know, a motherfucking bike. Yo, dude. I wanted to get yeah. that cash. I needed that. I needed that Kuahara, man. I needed that Haro. I needed yeah, that. I needed sure. that bling, that BMX bling at that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went on the path to front of house and stayed on that path. But in my private life away from work, I always made pizza at home. I grilled a lot of pizza for decades. I was tailgating with pizza, you know, at sporting events. So I, I made pizza throughout my whole life from 1985 till now, but I didn't sell a pizza professionally that I made till I was 41 years old. Really? Yeah, so my first pizza I made at age 13, but my first pizza sold was age 41 here in Vegas. That's wild. Did you always want to know that you wanted to be on the entrepreneur side? Because that's a big risk, man. Going, I did. Yeah. Like I did. One thing to love pizza is another thing to put your life stake on it, your family stake on it. You know, I I always knew I wanted to be a restaurateur, but I I kind of had the mentality that I would have to hire a chef to work for me to figure it out. I never thought I'd be able to be the chef and the owner of of of, of a successful restaurant until until about six years ago. I started thinking I think I can do this because when you spend decades, like literally decades, in the front of house, 
you're working with with great chefs eventually and you're going to kind of like absorb that information like by osmosis or or in some way shape or form you're going to start thinking in a culinary way right and and i i worked with great people that were just talented and inspiring and just tasting the food and it really just you know it could take you on a journey and just tell a story right and so i think that um you know i worked with some incredible people that have become mentors and 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 lifelong friends and they've helped to encourage me to do the things that i that i was that i was not confident that i could do and so that's that's how i kind of got from front of house managerial operational guy to i can actually cook delicious food and run a professional kitchen as good or better than anybody in this industry and just Built confidence. Has Chef Vincent and Owner Vincent ever gotten into an argument and disagreed on yeah. stuff? <laughs> yeah, it, a little. That, that's that's oh, really, 10, by the way, we've all owned and and pieces of different restaurants before. 100%. Yeah, I, none of us have ever been the chefs of them. Yeah, I don't know what that balance is like because that's interesting. I've I, argued with many chefs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So like, have you got? Have you like? First of all, I don't. Pull, you know? I don't consider myself a chef. I'm a pizzaiolo, and and you know, and that's okay. I'm a pizzaiolo and a restaurant tour before. You know, the word chef means so many different things, but none of those things I think are appropriate for me. But the title comes in front of my name just because that's how people can relate to someone who's in charge of, of the food or right. created the recipes. But I'm not a chef. I'm a pizza maker. And, you know, one of my dearest friends and, and closest mentors, John Arena, he's been really promoting this. This I'm a pizza maker and that's enough. And he has T-shirts now. And and I think there's a there's a pride and a sense of self-worth that if you look at the pizza makers who are on the top of the game, like, like you know, Tony Gemignani and Chris Decker and, and Arena and some other people in Vegas and beyond Vegas, it is enough to consider yourself a pizza maker and it is something to, to be proud of. And it is, it's a position of honor and strength if you, if you think about it in the right way. And so mindset is everything. Perspective is important. Right. And I know that being a pizza maker is enough. And I, I have aspirations to do restaurants like Beyond Pizza. Mm -hmm. And I'm confident in my abilities and my food knowledge that I can put together a menu that's not pizza related, that can still be received well, executed at with, with fine attention to detail, costed properly where it's, 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 it's it, from a margin perspective, it's, it's thought out properly. And, and also that will be something that I'd be proud to serve even my closest family or eat every day myself. Right. Right. Because when you're thinking like a chef or you're cooking at home, it's a different world because when you put cost into it, like when I cook at home, cost, yeah. you're not costing out a dish at a dinner party. Yeah, for sure. You don't care. You're, 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 you're acquiring the best of the best from the best sources you know, and you're feeding your loved ones and, and your friends and family at that dinner party in your home. That's the but art side of it, right? Yeah, that's you know, the that's, art side of yeah, it, right? Of course. But, that's, but there's also the, the balance of the business and the science of it. Right. And so you have to be one of my guys, Michael Ayub, who uh, is the owner operator of Fornino in Brooklyn. He told me when I was very, very young, he gave me my first GM job and he said, listen, Vincent, it's only one number on the clock. There's 11 other things you got to hit on and you got to be good at a lot of things to be successful in this business. For sure, man. Yeah, absolutely. And we've seen a lot of people come and go in this industry. That's why I asked, you know, that owner operator pizza maker in charge of food and in charge of the bottom line that's like a really tough you know line to to really dance on you know to be successful on, on the business side it's hard to edit yourself on on right. your cost yeah that's why a lot of places have somebody else doing it but 
I'm fortunate enough that I was thinking about... Got it down. Got it down to a size well, now. Well, I, I can wear those different hats without, like you said, arguing with myself. Right. Yeah. Right? And the, without the, compromising the product. Without compromising the yeah. product and also understanding like that there's a value associated with a high-quality pizza product that people are willing to pay more for. Absolutely. And, I, and I'm not afraid to charge more because I know what goes into it. Yeah. Would... Can Vegas, or is Vegas now considered, in your eyes, a pizza town in any way? Oh, absolutely. Not just my eyes. Yeah. In the eyes of the entire pizza world, in the eyes of the discerning opinions that really matter, that right. set the standard, that are the trendsetters of our industry, everyone considers Vegas to be um, a pizza town. And it's mostly because of, of John Arena and Tony. Um, but guys like me are helping that, right? And other, you know, other, there's so many others. Yukon Pizza, my, my really great friend Alex White, he's been around the scene six or seven years doing pop-ups. He just signed a lease, you know, in downtown Las Vegas. He did a deal with Jay Dapper, who's a huge developer, and he's building a place now. So there's more. This is just the beginning for Vegas. Yeah. We're, I mean, that's an interesting question, I guess, from the pizza world standards. Like, what are the top pizza cities? Vegas may be, be included there, do you think, in the U.S.? Well, TripAdvisor only in 2019 had, had Las Vegas listed as number number three in in America. As, like, and like that's TripAdvisor. Pizza, Trip Advisor. pizza destination? Yeah. Oh, pizza. Wow. So it was New York was number one, San Francisco number two, Vegas was three, Chicago was four. We were ahead of what? Chicago. What? I'm just telling you TripAdvisor. Look yeah. it up. I love Check it. it out. Like, I mean, I'm not... It, it sounds crazy, but being in, I guess, the foodie scene... Yeah. I can tell you some of the best pizza in the entire United States can be found in Las Vegas. That's incredible. That's exciting. The list goes on and on about different styles, too. Like... Gio Moro. Okay, look at it this way. In give the last, the give us a style. Yeah, okay. can you can you give us a style? How styles. many styles of pizza are there? Let's just say this: the the highest quality and the most sought after styles are being done in Las Vegas at a world class level that other cities look to us for like knowledge and information. Right. Other cities are coming to Vegas. People like people are hiring Arena. People are going to Tony's school and learning. Right, pizza making. The Pizza Bible is written by Tony Gemignani, right? It's the most successful book in the history of pizza, and it always will be. Like, it's just, that's just a, every pizza maker starts with that book if you really get serious, right? right? And that breaks down all the different styles, the different formulas, the different recipes, the different doughs, the different hydrations, all the different methodology and technique to get you to the styles. Like, Detroit style's really hot, right? We saw that coming years ago. I was doing Detroit in 2016. You know, when I knew it was going to explode and blow up, I just had that feeling. Like, square pies are taking the America by storm. Like, we're doing grandmas, we're doing Detroits, we're doing Sicilians, we're doing, you know, Romans, all in Las Vegas at a very high level. Izzy's Pizza Bus is crushing it with some of the best Detroit in the country right now on a bus. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That guy did his homework, too. That guy researched and read and studied and went to seminars at the expo. And that guy, you know what I mean? So many places are coming up that are, you know, old school pizzeria, Manzu, Gio Moro, Michael Vacnin, you know, a pop-up pizza. Obviously, you know, Mimo Ferraro, you know, uh, he's doing great stuff from, you know, from Ferraro's, right? Yeah. Oh, right. Iconic yeah, 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 restaurant. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Mimo is, the, you know, the, the you know, I the son. Vegas staple. He's, yeah, for sure. He has a great Forte pizza. He's all over. He's a, and yeah. he's doing high volume, excellent quality. Because look at this way, guys. The more pizza you put out, the worse it's going to be. When we first opened Good Pie, we're doing 100 pies a day. It's easy to be good. Now we're doing three to 400 pies a day. It's harder to be better. Yeah. yeah. We've increased production and increased quality, and that's what we built. But when you're doing 
a thousand slices in four hours, dude. That's not five hundred slices an hour. There's gonna be a slice in there that's not <laughs> yeah. amazing. That's gonna right. be trash. There, There's gonna know? be one that's the like not up to par, bro. Flavor. But I mean, Tony is the king of high volume, high quality. John Arena is the. I mean, he really was the first guy to teach me the, how to think about doing a fifty pie hour. It's a different thought process. Super Bowl, yo. You're going to put out garbage, dude. You better get your shit together. Yeah, yeah. You better you talk be prepared. Talk to Arena. Don't ask me because I learned from him. Just go to the guy. Do you, just have, awesome. do you just have moments where you just say, hey, this is the top quantity we can sell today and that's it. I'd rather not sell anymore because this is, this is where we stop. Yes, but it has to do with the age of the dough. Yeah. Um, I'll never sell day-old dough or same-day dough. There are guys in the industry that I know are selling dough that was like made like three hours ago. Like That's just not... I'll never do that. And right. we've... We've had some moments during peak volume where we've had to say, I'm sorry, we're sold out of dough just so we can preserve what we had on hand for the following day and just kind of reset. But then we've increased production and we adjust. So selling out's a bad thing, right? You, right. Don't, you don't want to turn away people. People sometimes travel an hour yeah, to get to good pie and sure. then, okay, sorry, we're sold out. So I try to be real sensitive to it, but I'm not going to put out Something that's below standard and something that's under fermented. I just won't do it. You got to balance the customer need versus the quality need. You know what I mean on that on that level. Yes, you do have to balance the customer need and the quality need, and and it's it's a seesaw. It's a moving target. Yeah, of course. It's a moving target, yeah, man, sure. and it's never going to be. It's always like what's going on right now. What are the variables at this moment that affect that, and making the best decision on a you know, moment by moment basis that is hopefully not going to upset anyone, but also going to not compromise the quality and integrity of the product you want to put out right absolutely that's well, a difficult decision to make like and i want to go back to like the product over profit yeah the, the beginning of this where you you know you owned good pie now or you own good pie now but you were part of a pizza restaurant before this that you had to separate from we'd love to hear that story what happened there and what did you learn from that to make good pie what it is now i think that so we're talking about evil pie okay um first of all i want to i love evil pie mm -hmm. But I also wanted to capture the moment because I had the spotlight right. more than I've ever had in my life. And I didn't want to lose that. So I went to Evil Pie with great intentions. In fact, the first meeting I went, my brother was working for the company um, in a different capacity. And they knew he had a pizza history and a family pizza background. I was putting together a business plan. When I met with the Evil Pie guys, I was driving Uber. Oh, wow. That was in October 2016. Oh, wow. I had left a director of operations job uh, at Dom DeMarco's, and I got to the point where I'm going to do my own thing. I was literally driving Uber all night and working on my business plan all day and out there, like, pitching investors that were in my Uber. Like, oh, blah, blah, blah. Like, my goal was like, yo, could I raise money driving Uber and, like, hit them with a business plan? That's that a was literally the hustle. So That's crazy. a classic success story, though, that I feel like could actually work. You know what? Yeah. I was driving Uber one day, met this guy, Bro, and bam. Bro, that was, was at age, so by the way, that was at age 40. Did that work, by the way? It didn't work, but but every pitch you put out, like when you're trying to raise money, yeah. every pitch could either be a humiliating rejection or closer to a yes. Yeah. For me, it was one or step closer to a yes. Pitch. You exactly. Yo, I, if you're driving, yo, we're sitting in traffic. Yeah, the rate just went up on Uber. It's just spiking. I'm chilling. Let me practice my pitch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a. I got a captive audience in the car. Where are we gonna go? Yeah. We could listen to some bullshit music. Yeah, or, listen to a podcast. Or yeah, I listen to this fucking yeah, pitch real quick. Yo, I could see, yo, 
What's your favorite pizza? That's the opening line of the pitch. Right, right, yeah. right. I like that. What's your favorite pizza? Where'd you go up? What was your favorite pizza? Blah, blah, blah. And then we just go right into... I'm sure you probably got some good responses that maybe helped you mold the pitch. Maybe I got a lot of uh, people that are now good pie customers that I, that I met as an Uber driver. That's incredible. That's yeah. incredible. And I wasn't afraid of it. Like, it was a choice. Uber helped to bridge the gap because I had some savings. And I knew that if I just didn't work, I was, I was scared of depleting my savings while not having an income. And I said, hey, I'm just going to drive Uber just to pay my bills and hustle. I was driving 10, 12 hours a day until the app told me to go home. I had to drive. You're kicked off, bro. Yeah. You can't earn any more Chill money. Out, yo, no, they were like, yo, you're done. You got to yeah. get some is sleep. That, is there a limit per day? You yes. Can I don't know. Yeah. Yes. I There's a 12-hour limit in a 24-hour period that they say, go home and go to sleep. They, they kick you off the app. Your pizza pitches have stopped. <laughs> yo, stop asking for money, yeah, bro. Right. Those are our customers. <laughs> get back get out of here. Get back home, man. But the, the true story is I reached the end of the road and working for people in my life at that point. And then, Whatever you know. Whatever it takes to do it yourself, at that, that's where you're at. The Evil Pie meeting for me was a pitch on my concept in that space. That's what I went into there feeling. Was that a, more of a pitch of a pizza maker or a business plan or both? Business plan. So I'm like, okay, they have this space. It's a generation two. They had a business in the space prior to Evil Pie that did not you know, go the way they wanted to and they were doing something new. They had some ideas and then Brandon Powers was partnered with that group on the Golden Tiki. Brandon came up with the Evil Pie idea because he's kind of a genius. Yeah. You know, he's great at conceptualizing things. He's super creative. And he came up with this thing and put it together really quickly as almost like a plan B. And then they reached out to the resources they had around available to them. And they said, hey, who can we get to execute this? And I got in the conversation. I literally wanted to go to that meeting. And my goal was to convince them to fund my project that I was trying to sell, which at that time was a, a, a project called New Brooklyn Pizza. Okay. And so they won that meeting because they convinced me to do their project because I sat with them and I heard what they had to say and the whole time I was thinking like what could I come at with them to make them not do this project to do my project and they were like look we're, we're looking to capture a pizza from a time and a place and we want a New York City street slice from the 1970s and that right away piqued my interest because no one ever I never even heard of anybody cooking pizza from a certain era in a certain location yeah, that's true. That's 1970s true. street slice that's different than what I grew up on because I wasn't eating street slices in the 70s. I'm not that old. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm older than all you fuckers. I'm older than all you young bucks in here. Oh my God. But I'm not, I'm not that fucking old. So I was eating maybe late 80s, 90s pizza, but I never even knew what a 70s slice was like. So I went, I'll never forget, the meeting was on a Friday. I don't know what a 70s slice yeah, is now either. that you say it. The whole weekend, I went researching 1970s New York City style pizzas and I called, of course, Arena and some other friends. And by Monday, I called them back and said, hey, I want to do this. Because they told me they wanted top five New York style slice on the West Coast. And they would hire me as a consultant to do it. And so I thought, this is an exciting location, an exciting project. There's people around here that I want to prove to them and to everyone watching that I could execute the GM role and the pizza maker role together at a high level and hit it out of the park. So you and, did start with that. You did, you did start being the... The double whammy. The double whammy. The yeah. owner and, the, yeah. and One, the pizza maker. Not the owner, but the creator. The operator, the operator yeah. yeah. The co-creator of the food. Because his, here's the thing. With Evil Pie, it was my start into, I think, big-time pizza making. And it was the first time a pizza that I created was sold to the public. That I, that I created. But I created something under 
under the direction of the ownership group and what they wanted. Right. So we had several tastings. I presented them with option A, B, C, D, E, and they were like, we like this sauce, we like this cheese, we like this crust. Like we did over 40 different tomatoes, over 18 different cheeses. We did nine different flowers. You have to, right? We did all this research in a week. Jeez. They threw me in last minute. It was like a sink or swim. Better get that stomach ready, baby. Yeah. They were like, yo, go make pizza for us. And like, it was a Monday and they were like, Friday, we're coming in and show us what you got. So you had a six pack yeah. before uh, that and then after that. No, <laughs> I never had a six pack in my life. <laughs> but at, at that volume too, it's one bite. Everybody knows the yes. rules. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was a yeah. one bite yeah. situation. For so sure. the thing about Evil Pie was I created the pizza that they wanted, but it was a shared collaborative kind of effort to, to build something that was special. And I think, Particularly the first three, four months, it exceeded all expectations. It was a complete one feel. Because you said this is your first professional pizza that you ever saw. How did that like day one feel? How was that first slice out the door feel? It was it was bittersweet, man, because I wanted a better quality product. Okay. Mm. Like if I I was already saying on day one, like if I was choosing, I would go this route. Right. But I have to make the client happy, right? And they were the client. A lot of opinions. A lot of a lot of opinions. At the end of the day, it's what they wanted. Like, it's funny because when I went to Arena, we talked about the ownership group, you know, at the Lev Restaurant Group. And they're, listen, they're great guys. Yeah. You know, I don't have any bad feelings toward any of them. Just like in, in, in business, there's highs and lows and there's ups and downs and there's promises made. And, but the world changes. And we're, 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 we're adults here. This is the real world of business. You're talking about millions of dollars. And I wasn't getting any free ownership, right? All of the effort that I put into building evil pie into what it is and the effort I put in at the beginning, I got the rewards for it because I got the recognition. Right. And they gave me credit. And so, no, I didn't get any ownership. And yes, there was some conversation of ownership and there was, we got into a thing and I was going to leave and do my own thing and they wanted me to stay and be part of their group, but it just didn't work out, right? And it doesn't mean anybody's a bad person. It means that we couldn't come together on a deal and so I left. And I left with a fire lit to make the best pizza that I possibly Hell could. Yeah. When I had a choice to say, I don't have to listen to someone's opinion on what cheese they want. I know the cheese I want, right? I don't have to listen to how much does this cost versus that cost. I know I want the most expensive shit out there. Like my product is expensive to make. I know it, everyone knows it. I'm an open book. I'll tell you what my cheese costs. I don't care. But the truth is, is that I wouldn't be where I am today without that opportunity at Evil Pie. And it's kind of like when you help give birth to something, and that, that thing grows up and goes off on its own and you can't control it anymore, you still wish it well. You want, you want that to be successful. And I'm always going to wish, there's still people at Evil Pie that I hired and trained and mentored and handpicked myself personally all these years later that I care about and that we actually talk. And that's behind the scenes. But the good evil thing was a connection. Right. I knew, Is that why yeah. it's called Good Pie? There's a few different reasons why it's called Good Pie. But I tell you, Bridging the gap between good and evil and still maintaining a connection between the people that knew, that's part of the decision, but it wasn't the ultimate part of the decision. I was in New York, and I was actually on a panel of pizza people to talk about pizza marketing, and a few different people were like, Facebook and this and that, and this was in 2017 when, you know, people were not as, as committed as they are to social media today. And a lot of pizzerias were still not even doing online ordering. Sure. And so one guy there, I don't want to say who he is, he's kind of pizza famous. Pizza famous. He's a, pizza he's, famous. Yeah, he's pizza famous. Pizza famous. So not he was in the group. Famous, pizza famous. And he was just like, when it came for his time to talk, and this was at a packed house, he was like, you know what my marketing is? 
I shut the fuck up and I make a good pie. All you guys are fucking assholes. Goodbye. And that was it. And I was like, 10 minutes later, I bought the URL, goodpie.com. And then I thought about the name Good Pie. I ran it by at the time. My friend Josh, Josh Clark had the uh, Good Witch. And we were going to be a block away from each other. So I literally went and had a meeting with him. I was like, dude, I want to open it. Good Pie, you're a good witch. I want your blessing. I need your, you know, and he was the first guy to ever actually purchase a pizza. With like, He gave me 100 bucks. I did family meal for him. And it was a real supportive and collaborative community awesome. that so many people helped me to succeed because they knew that I had had a played a major role at Evil Pie and that now I was this little guy with no money starting up at a Z location, which, uh, you know, the community support and the passion kind of helped to meld together to create something that is still now grown into something that, you know, is nationally ranked. And right now we're on the cover of uh, this month's issue of Pizza Today. That's sick. big. Is that That's like the, the pizza publication? Yeah. Pizza Today? I'm so proud of it. Yeah? Like, I haven't slept I since that. I found out about it. That's like the icon moment in the pizza world? For, listen, as an industry publication, there's no better. It's also our first national cover. Right. I'm so proud of the team that we have and the, the hard work that our group has put in to get that recognition because there's a lot of challenges, but we rose to the occasion, and when they were here, we delivered something that was cover-worthy, and I'm, I'm, I couldn't be more prouder. Well, you congrats, know? my man. Thank you. Yeah, congratulations, that. Thank you. That's incredible. From, from a not just pizza-specific side, but from a restaurant side, you know, we definitely have a lot of entrepreneurs who listen to this show. Is there any advice for restaurant owners or someone who wants to open a restaurant that you've learned so far in this process? You have one sitting next to you, man. Yeah. yeah. Right? I'm so here's the game. So yeah. here's the thing. And you may not need this, but people listening may need it. I'm only going to pay forward advice I got from, like, the, the, the most influential three mentors in my life. Right? Yeah. The first one's my dad, right? He, he always treated me with, like, that I, I was great. From, from a kid. From a little, all I've ever heard from my dad was like, you're great. And like, you start to believe that after a while. And yeah. you believe it and it gives you a sense of confidence, even if it's a false sense of confidence. Even if it's the borderline of confidence, arrogance. Right. Just the belief you can do. Yo, it. believe in yourself. It, it, gives, it lets you be brave. That's what yeah. it is. It right? gives you courage. Yeah. I don't care about failure. Right. I'm not afraid to fail at anything. I failed at everything in my life and I still get second chances. Right. I failed at all the things you could fail at and I'm still standing. So it's like a restaurant success or failure is not going to define me as a human being. Absolutely. You know, it's going to either work or not work, but I'm going to put my all into it. And like everything else I've done, you know, my father would say things to me like, if you're going to do anything, be the best. Be the best shoemaker if you want to make shoes. Be the best like painter if you're going to paint, but be the best. Dedicate yourself to it. Stamina. Yo, dude, I said recently to someone online who some of these haters have been coming out and making derogatory comments and shit like that. When you start to taste success, that's part of it, right? Some guy came out and made a, a stupid comment. And I just said on there, it took me 30 years to be an overnight success, but I busted my ass. I was focused with a laser focus on opening good pie since 2006. And the people that know me since then, and they'll be at my wedding tomorrow, they know that's true. And those are the people that I give a fuck about. Like the people that read an article about me and try to judge me based on that, they could go suck a dick. Yeah. <laughs> like, go, dude. Let's I don't care. Right now now yeah. we're getting juicy, dude. Let's I don't go. care. Yeah. I literally say that and I know how that sounds. It might not sound good, but yo, 
walk a mile in my shoes, put in the work and sacrifice that I put in, fail the way that I failed and keep going. Risk everything and put it all in in the middle and just fucking get pocket aces and still lose and come back the next day. Yeah. I've been through... I've been through so much turmoil and like just challenges in my life and have overcome every single one with the support of a small group of people. So what someone who perceives to know me and judge me has to say about me, <laughs> I could give two fucks. What, you know what, what, are, I mean? what, what do these haters have to complain about what you guys are doing? Like, what do, what do you see that's negative on, online about what you built? I, I just think that there's people that are not ready to... Um, there's a small group of people out there that are just unhappy with where they are in their career in this industry. Ten thousand percent, right? And they're un- and they're and they don't they haven't adjusted, right? You got to pivot like a basketball player, bro. Yeah. You got to literally have a pivot foot. Yeah. And no, you got to keep moving in this business. Yeah. You got to keep changing and adapting and pushing and like be fully, fully, fully committed. You're either all in or you're all out. That's just the way it is. People that know me know for the last two decades in a big, big way, I live, eat, shit, sleep, breathe, everything pizza. Like You sound passionate as hell, though. There's no question sure. that anyone who's listening to this episode I want to eat some fucking pizza, bro. Yo, yeah, I'm into it. And I, and I felt that way my whole life. Right. Yeah. And that's why it was easy for me to be a professional pizza maker because I was going to do that anyway. I did it for 30 years and no, I wasn't getting paid to do it. I did it for free. It's not about the money. It never was about the money. For me now, it's about legacy. I want to leave something behind that I can give to my family long after I'm gone that's in the pizza space that they can enjoy it or have an institutionalized place where the little kids that are coming into my restaurant right now are bringing their kids when they have kids later in their lives. And that's what I look at Metro Pizza as. It's a generational business. Right. Kids who grew up with their grandkids. Yo, there's grandkids that have kids that are coming up in that place after 40, over 40 years in business. That's what it I want for Good Pie. Yeah. Just, just a Beyond staple. a staple. An institution. Yeah. An institution. Yeah, for sure. You know, and that's what I really want to build. But going back to what you said before about entrepreneurs and, and, the, and the, the fear of, of, of success or the fear of failure. Because sometimes the fear of success can paralyze you. 10,000% too. You know, and, and Paulie G said it best. And he... And, you know, I love Paulie G. I've known him for 10 years, and he's given me tons of advice, and he's a completely unorthodox operator. He still has tremendous success. In a lot of ways, like, Paulie knows this. He, he's not a restaurant operator guy. He doesn't, he, he wrote his own book. He doesn't follow, like, the Restaurant 101, like, ops. Right. He's crazy. Like, okay, I talked to Paulie G about food costs. You know what he says? Buy it for a little, sell it for a lot. <laughs> Yo, that's what he yeah, says. Yeah. yeah. Stop complicating that's shit so much. Yo, Paulie, where do you want to be? 22%? Percent? Schmerpent? Complaint? What the hell is an Excel sheet, man? Gefilte, gefilte. I don't care. Excel, schmel. He doesn't care. Going back real quick to to what some of the things people may say or have a feeling or perception about Vincent Rotolo and Good Pie, is it a small group of people who are maybe older or set in their ways, like you said, who maybe don't really do marketing, don't get the outside of the box marketing that Good Pie does and is known for. Is that the small group of people that you're referring to? I Because think, I'll be honest, you've had tremendous success and Good Pie's only been around a little over a year, right? Not even. Well, the Good Pie on Main Street was a year. Officially, Good Pie started uh, February 9th, 2018. Okay. And that's National Pizza Day, right? I got to say that um, the more, like... 
if you look at a guy like Tony, who's really the 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 measuring stick for successful pizza entrepreneurs globally, and I think um, you look at that guy, like he's a family man. He has 22 restaurants. He's uber successful. He's in stadiums. I mean, the guy's won 13 or 14. I don't even know how many world championships. He was the first American to do so many things in Italy. He has an international pizza school. He has a series of protégés. He's the world pizza champions team. He's their leader. Like, Tony's the guy, right? And I know, like, Tony probably gets those guys. Like, I've heard stories about guys who are, like, just trying to take a, take a shot at that guy, right? Sure. He handles it with such grace and such class and such style. He goes out of his way to help guys like me for no other reason other than he's just a good guy, right? I wish I was as good as Tony. I'm not. <laughs> People take a shot at me, I'm going to take a shot back. I love back. that. Like, Tony doesn't do that. He's, he's such a classy guy, and I'm not there yet. I'm not, <laughs> I'm yo. Not yeah, yeah, no, the exact I'm not, words where they can suck a dick. Yeah. I'm not yeah, there I'm yet sure. as, a her, as a person. I still have a chip on my shoulder. Sure. Yeah. I still have some shit to prove. I think it's less than a couple years ago, but I'm still fired up, dude. Like, I'm still really fired up. And when I've worked so hard to get what I have... I'm not going to allow someone to disrespect it. And I'll call them out. So yeah, every now and again, someone calls me. Like, you might go in a restaurant and see, even people put pictures up of me in their restaurant with like, you know, and make a, a mustache or like, you know, there's a guy that has a restaurant in Vegas that I went out of my way to try to help. And he misinterpreted that as that I was trying to be passive aggressive, which everybody knowing me, I'm not fucking passive anything. I'm aggressive. I'm aggressive, aggressive. <laughs> Yo, if I don't like you, I'm I don't fucking like you. I'm not going to fucking pretend I like you and not like you. Was it a, a pizza restaurant? A pizza restaurant has a fucking sign in their place right now that says, fuck good pie. In and, Vegas? Yo, hate it. Hating it. Yeah, What's hate. the name of it? I'm not even going to give them any yeah, light. Because yeah. yeah. they're not even worth it. But the truth is, is that there's jealousy and envy out there. And it's crazy. Because of my personality, I'm an aggressive New Yorker, and I don't give a fuck. And... I'm, and I don't, and I have no apologies for that. I have a, I have a question: Is this is the pizza industry then more? Because you sound like there are a lot of people who really are supportive within this industry. There is, there is. I'm talking about the one percent. Yeah, yeah. So it's, but, more, it's more love than cutthroat. You're saying so much more love. Love that. You know, here's something that's going on right now. A guy named Anthony Karen. Um, he had 800 degrees pizza in Vegas, and I helped to open that place. And he's a chef that was in the pizza world. That guy's incredible. He bent over backwards to try to like create a pizza brand that has become huge globally. And you know, they're gonna, there's always gonna be someone somewhere. Like right now, there's people looking at you guys saying, I could do what they do. Why are they getting Absolutely. whatever they're getting? Yeah, there's always we're, a, we're gonna come at you if you have a podcast, yo, we're coming I'm, after you. No, I will it's, tell you it's solo style, baby. It's, no, it's three I'm words. Like, Haters gonna hate, yeah. right? Yeah. And that's it. But I don't wanna spend a lot of time on that. And I know that's kind of gets stirs the pot, and I'm okay with it. But the truth is, is that there's way more love. Yeah. yeah. There's there way more love. Sure. Yo, right now in the Cosmopolitan, one of the homies in the pizza industry, you know, um, Falco, who was part of the revolution at, you know, Roberta's, he's an international pizza co consultant. His name is Anthony Falco. He's opening Super Frico, right, in the Cosmopolitan with Spiegel World Group, right? Super Frico's dope. It, I think it might be opening this week officially. Like, it's sick. It's a dinner theater concept that revolves around pizza as their food. It's entertainment. It's like people. Is that, is that taking over Rose Rabbit Light? Yes, it's Rose Rabbit Light. Exactly. Take, take over Rose so, Rabbit yo, Light. that guy reached out to us, John Arena, myself, Mike Vacneen, told us he was coming to Vegas and was like, yo, man, you know, he's not, we're not great friends, 
But he reached out to us and said, yo, we're coming to Vegas. We embrace him, we support him, and we welcome him into the world. You're opening a pizza spot. Yeah, you told, I want to see you succeed. Yeah, of course. Like, there's a group of people that follow Arena's influence of collaboration and always helping your fellow pizza maker. It's the community. It's and the community. That's, that deserves like more attention than the occasional guy who's just not, re not ready to embrace that idea. Yeah. But I'm kind of just... Trying to be that guy, yeah, but I'm not really there yet. Well, you said so. You said that you pivoted a lot. You obviously, had to adapt and move to restaurant industry itself, the new age, etc. Yeah. Um, you know, Drew over here, and you have collaborated a lot on social media. Yeah. What's your take on social media? How that works? Pushing out these, like you said, these special promotional products. It's these, uh these social media focused food items that get everyone's eyes on Good Pie. I, I mean, it, it's 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 huge. I mean. It changes the, the life course of a business. It, it, it infuses your business with an opportunity to control your own, your own destiny in a way that, for me, has revolutionized the way we think about marketing. Um, because I could, I could work with a, a piece of content and try to get something out, and it's instant gratification. Like, that could get out from my phone to an audience of thousands of people within five minutes. You know what I mean? And I can control it. And I could tell the story I want to tell and control the narrative the way that I want to and just be real about it. The one thing that um, social media has done for us is it keeps my creative juices flowing on what am I going to give them next as far as a new product. Right. And we have two new ones that we're working on. I was supposed to bring one today. It didn't. It wasn't ready. I wouldn't we'll want to bring. It. We'll do a field we'll trip. Come see you, I know. Yeah, yeah we'll come, come see you. me. Yeah, we'll so do, we're doing. Some homework. We we've done right. The chicken bacon ranch blew up. Right. The stuffed Detroit blew up. We've we have some some ones in the works with our team that I know when my chefs get crazy and they want to eat it and they start bugging out and my staff like really like oh my god, like I just did a vegan ravioli pizza. Vegan, vegan ravioli. ravioli pizza. Yo, it's it's literally off the chains, bro. The vegan ravioli is incredible, and on a it's 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 but you're gonna bug when you guys get it. We're working on finally, we're doing the stuffed buffalo chicken pizza. I did one already. It's insane. It's the chicken with the Frank's Red Hot and the Gorgonzola in the crust. It's the ranch on top. We got Arena was helping me mess around with this. We have we made like. Because we're trying to get a sweet, hot, spicy thing going. I made a celery simple syrup that's bomb. Ooh. Celery simple syrup uh, to, to put on top of this pizza. And it's just, so that's going to get, that's going to be a killer. I think we're going to get that out in November. And then for the month of October, which today's the first of the month, and I've done a couple versions of this, we're doing a collab with Soul Belly Barbecue. Chef Bruce Kalman, who's a hell of a guy, man. And uh, it's a barbecue brisket pizza come on but it's on a grandma Jeez. yo it's eight ounces of brisket Can, what what the hell is a grandma slice technically it's a thin and crispy square that um proofs and rises for like less than like 30 minutes or less got it okay yeah, so it's quick so now yeah. i know officially what a grandma yeah. slice yeah, is. yeah thin a thin square versus a thicker square or sicilian detroit they proof longer period of time they rise higher I like i've been acting i like yeah. i know what that is without acting no, for sure. what so here's here's what it is if you want to say about the game of inches yeah the pizza world is a game of inches and styles Especially squares about height. Yeah. So if you say an inch or less is a grandma and an inch or more is a Sicilian or Detroit, that would be safe. So we measure our Detroits by the two-inch mark. If it's not two inches thick, if it doesn't rise that much, it becomes croutons. That's just it. 
A lot of dough starts you out. You're a salad, bitch. Yeah, a Yo, you're a yeah. salad. You ain't a you're pizza. Now a salad, bitch. You, you ain't a pizza no more. <laughs> you ain't a pizza no more, yo. That's it. You're a fucking Caesar, pal. You're not a crouton, bro. Just live with it. You still got a life. We're not throwing you in the garbage. Yeah, but you're you're not a pizza no more, yo. The most insulting thing in the world, yo. The JV squad. Yeah, you I'm see start- a container. Put <laughs> your bitch ass in the salad bowl. Pizza, pizza, pizza. I'm gonna start calling salad. people. You fucking crouton. Yeah, yeah. You, it's, it's mean. <laughs> it sounds mean. Yo, le- yeah, you're a yo, crouton, bro. Level up, literally. Yeah, level you gotta up. rise up. Rise up. Crouton you can't get it. Might be my new like insult. Yeah, for fucking sure. crouton. Yo, you're being a that dude's a stupid. You're being a real. You're being a real crouton right now. If you're less than two inches, yo, get some Viagra or be a salad. Yeah. I've been told that a couple times. Be a salad. Yeah. Get your be girth up. Yo. Get your girth up, dude. Get your girth up. Yeah, I, I have a question for you. Yo, that's funny. Just from our conversation alone, right, man? You have yeah. an incredible personality, incredible presence, right? How much do you think that 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 goes into how marketing, how all your marketing initiatives go and everything, right? It it, it means a lot. Um, Can people connect with you? Is that is that a driving factor in your? I, in your I try to like. I don't. I'm the reluctant face of my brand. Yeah. Right. Because. When we created Good Pie, we really wanted to lead with the grandma and we wanted to create a hero. Um, what I learned from my friend Scott Wiener and some others is that every great pizzeria across the country has a hero. Like a staple. Just, yeah. just There's a hero. Evil Pie has evil can evil, right? There's right. a hero there, right? For Good Pie, the hero's the grandma. But there's a secondary hero and that's me. And yeah. that's just by, it just happened accidentally. Right, it right. wasn't by design. But because my personality is what it is and because I feel so strongly about pizza, I'm okay leading and being the face, like I'm okay with it, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna um, back away from that. I'm gonna embrace it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to connect as much as I could. Like I'm out there in my restaurant, busting tables, filling water glasses, greeting customers, seating people. Like I'm out there on the floor, and I'm making pizza. I'm in front and back. Whatever it takes to just get it done through that day. We're still building a company, and that's one guest at a time. Yeah. And yeah. I truly care how my customers feel. I want them to have a unique experience, and that's where I think the value proposition comes in. As a pizza, it's expensive. As an experience, it's the best value in the world. Right. We're going to give you an incredible experience that you're going to remember. We've had customers that are visiting Vegas from, out of the, from wherever they are. They've come back again and again. If you're only in Vegas a week and you ate a good pie four times, we did something right. And that happens all the time. They just come back. Yeah. My staff is incredible. And the best thing about them is they really love and they respect the commitment that I have to excellence. And that's not easy. You know, they buy in and I, and, I, and I love them for it. I'm grateful for it. I also believe that pizza is one of those food items that once you find that pizza place that you really like, that's yours, yeah. you really barely ever stray, right? Like that becomes like your religious place to go to for pizza. You're not like, hey, I, don't, pizza? I don't like that though. Yeah. You're right. But the average customer, not like the people who are super dedicated, but the average I customer. encourage them to yeah. try other pizzerias. And that's what the Las Vegas Pizza Alliance, right? Myself and Arena are the co-founders of it. I didn't we, know that existed. Yeah. We, we started awesome. that. We did an event a couple of years. We lost a little momentum with COVID. But next year, the Vegas Pizza Fest will be back. We did the Vegas Sick. Pizza Fest in 2019. It was 20 local pizza makers. You know, Brooklyn's Best, Metro, Good Pie. Like, we invited all of the what we consider to be the collaborative minds of Vegas pizza that are putting out the best stuff to be a part of it. And it was open like side piece, right at the, they're now at Red Rock yeah. and they were at a different hotel. Amazing name, by the way. Always Bro, one of my favorites. Love those guys. Incredible name. Yeah. We are all friends. Like behind the scenes, we call each other for help. Like pizza makers jump around. We talk about, Hey, 
this guy worked for you. Should I hire him or not? And they're like, the pizza group chat, which you be don't lit. really get in a lot of other food genres. Very, like no one's willing true. to like, I would never help out another fucking ice cream shop. Yeah. To be honest. I know. And it's, it's, it's weird because, but that's kind of sure. how Vegas pizza has elevated to a top five city in America. Yeah. It's based on the idea of we're going to support each other. Collaboration, Everyone's synergy. Everyone's going to benefit yes. the more yeah. eyes that we all see on this area as being a... Yeah, a and it's not a selfish pursuit of it. It's, it's led by a, a group of, of, of individuals that have earned the right to lead, and you, you don't have a choice or an option other than to follow if you want to have success, and that's what I did. Like I could have went out on my own and been like that guy who's like, I'm not telling you my tomatoes. Yeah. My secret recipe. Did my tomatoes. Yo. That's my tomatoes. Yo, I'm ripping all the labels off. I'm going to pay a dude to rip the labels off. There's guys out there that still do that. That's wild. I, I mean, I guess, yeah, I bet. But, yeah. But there are. And that, what does that do? That gets you nowhere. I mean, Arena says it best, where it's like. Can you let them know who Arena is for the people yes, listening? Yes, I'm sorry. And these two guys that John, may not know. John Arena is the owner um, and co-creator of Metro Pizza. He's known as the, the godfather of Vegas pizza. And really a pizza godfather globally. He's been, you know, a consultant. He's the guy who worked closely with, who's one of the best pizza makers in, in America, and Chris Decker for over 20 years. And those two guys together as a duo, they really lead the culture of Las Vegas pizza. And I embrace them as, as brothers, as, as family, and as, as, um, as just really incredible human beings. You know what I mean? And they're just, they're just too good uh, to even know a guy like me. I'm, and, I, and I mean that sincerely. They're, they're great. And, and, and because of those guys, I want to be a better pizza guy. I care more. And I just want to be a better guy. Yeah. You know, and I'm, and I'm going through that transformation. I, before actually having that type of influence in my life, I never would be getting married. I never would be wanting uh, to have a complete like family dynamic and right. understand about giving to others in the most generous way and how it can enrich your life. Like, you know, I'm just trying to be less selfish, right? And more focused on, on giving. And that starts with your family. That starts with being a great husband, a great father, um, and a great leader in, within your own household. And I'm taking that commitment so seriously and... Um, I never thought I'd have that in my life. You know, I never thought I'd have that feeling of that I wanted that. And I didn't really know how much I needed it until you have people in your life that, you know, help to remind you what's really fucking important. Yeah. yeah that's, just, that's just real talk. Yep. I think you're, I mean, you need fulfillment in a lot of different ways and areas really to feel like your life is complete, which is like, we're in the same way. I just had a baby. So I'm going to have family Congrats. right now. Yeah. Congrats. Drew's over here. Been Dad for a year plus I mean, now. Yeah, yeah, year he, and a half. Yeah. I mean, Lowe's I've seen photos. single test in the city, so, you know. Yeah, man, don't worry. <laughs> I'll get there one day. One day. Yeah. But you will, and I, I you know, I, I, I admire, you know, uh, those great fathers out there. Um, I'm also a grandfather. Like, I had a son at a young age. When I was 20 years old, my son Justin was born. Um, I was in New York, and I was, I was a kid, man, and I somehow found a way to be a great dad through a connection through sports and youth sports and and Maybe. really kind of nurturing that relationship. But to be able to be a husband and a father right now in my life, I'm a different man. And, um, you know, I get another chance. Priority so shift. It's, it's an incredible feeling because, yes, there's a dedicated, like, 
pursuit of excellence for me in business in the pizza world right now that I've never had before. But having that strong family helps give you a reason for that. You know, it can't just be, I want to be great. It's like, why do I want to work so hard? And why do I care so much? And I just want to take care of a lot of people, you know, in the right way. I love that. Um, another question. See, you're talking about a lot of faces of the pizza industry. Yeah. Uh, how important is Dave Portnoy in the pizza industry? I think Dave is, is relatively important to most of the non-industry insiders. Like the general pizza-eating public, he's like godlike, right? Right, yeah. But if you're in the pizza industry and you're really knowledgeable and you're really studying and you're, and you're honing your craft, it's, it's cool. If yeah. he came, like he reviewed Good Pie, it was cool. Um, but, and we had a, a stellar week, like... It's scary the influence he has. Yeah, so when, when he came in, what was that shift immediately for you? A that lot. was one of the first times we sold out of dough. Wow. Um, we had lines for lunch out the door. We had people waiting, camped out, waiting for us to open. Wow. We got a 7.9 for the grandma. He which said it was the best. High. Which is very high. Which was high. Are high. you happy with your score? No, because I wasn't there making the pizza and he knew it. Yeah. So Dave Portnoy, if you're watching this, come back and let me make you a fucking pizza, bro. Don't yeah. fuck around. Don't go to a place where you know the B team is in there. Ooh, That's fucked true. up, bro. Very true. If you're going to judge us and know the influence you have, make sure the fucking main guy's in there. Let me make you a fucking good pie, you Damn. fucking Momo. <laughs> yeah, you crouton. He's a Momo. You fucking crouton. You fucking crouton. <laughs> you fucking crouton. So yes, he's a crouton. Fuck him. But on the other hand, I love the guy because there's a sense of, of support that he gave to a lot of small businesses. He knows his influence and he's been, um, he's been a savior for a lot of struggling businesses. Yeah, and sure. so... He seems to be that good-hearted guy. But then he does something like come out with this shitty frozen pizza and go out and score it a 10. Like, go fuck yourself. That's stupid. Yeah. Is, is frozen Sorry. pizza a sin? Yes, but Good Pie might be coming out with one. And we'll, and we'll change it. Let's go. We'll change it. It's a it. sin until it becomes good. Right, yeah. there you go. That's fair enough. You know, and we're going to have the angel wings on a fucking box and our frozen pizza will be... That's hot. You know, we'll be worthy of a 10. It'll be good. Or we won't do it. Are you... When it comes to scaling obviously quality and standards for you and trying to even do that in one location. What's the difficulties trying to expand that to a second location? Yeah. You know, what's that really like? Is that, that kind of stuff. is that something that you've considered and want to squash it? Is that something you're considered and it's on the way? It's can happening. We, can we get some exclusive news for the people? I don't have an announcement yet, but there was real uh, progress made in uh, a strip location within a casino. There's ongoing talks. You know, there's contracts that were drawn that just didn't happen. So we've been really close twice on a major rollout. But the truth is, is that we're not really ready. Um, it would have happened if we were really ready. And I think that I have incredible business partners that understand how to allow me to maximize the things I'm good at and support me in the areas that I need help. And every entrepreneur, you need a great team around you and you need to be brutally honest with what you do well and what you don't do well. Yeah. You know, and I'm, and I'm brutally honest with myself in the areas that if I'm going to hold someone accountable to a certain standard, I have to hold myself accountable to an even higher standard and be really disciplined. And so um, I learned that from a really good friend of mine, Michael Chernow, who started the meatball shop in, in New York and I worked with him there. And then he started Seymour's and he's he had huge, an exit yeah, from there. Yeah. And he just launched a company called Creatures of Habit. 
And he's selling, he's now like a fitness, like he's a professional bodybuilder. He changed his whole body, his whole life. And he has this, this oatmeal called the protagonist. It's this protein-based oatmeal. So because he's my friend and I want to support him, a month ago I ordered it, right? And it's expensive. And you're like, all right, let me support my boy. I've been eating it every day and not exercising at all. And my whole body's changed. Crazy. And I'm not just saying that. Like that's so I hit him up the other day. I was like, dude. What's in this right. shit? <laughs> you literally have done it again. And so guys like that inspire me. They keep reinventing themselves and pushing forward and finding new businesses to start and exiting and finding new businesses to start and exiting and, and doing things that they feel like they're really passionate about and just telling the story of, of how you evolve as an entrepreneur. Like, and I want to follow that path. So the next thing I open, it might not even be a good pie. It might be something else that I feel I could add value to the space. It might be the next chapter of the story I want to tell in the life of Vincent Rotolo as an entrepreneur. Right. And there's things coming. Are you shooting for, all right, here, since we can't get specifics from you, we can narrow it down. Are you shooting Vegas Strip or off the Strip? Uh, both. Okay. Uh, both. We're talking to some real um, amazing partners and, and entities that we want to align with. There's a lot of great things happening on Main Street. You know, everybody knows or should know that a few doors down from Good Pie, you know, the Wolfgang Puck Group is going to build an incredible restaurant, like a brasserie type place. That's a four meal period place. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, late night, brasserie feel. Like that's a huge restaurant group. You know, David Robbins and his crew over there, they're amazing restaurateurs that have had the blueprint for success on and off strip in Vegas for the last three decades, right? And they're coming to Main Street. Yeah. So Main Street will be the focus, but also the strip. And there's, some, there's a lot of empty space on Main Street, and it's only getting bigger and better. So we're looking to focus on doing something there. And, um, you know, my wife-to-be, um, Mariana Alvarado, she is incredible. She has a company called Masa Azul. I've been working together with her on some plans to launch a new version of Masa Azul. And that's going to be huge. She has some things that she's done that we can't even talk about. But in the last 30 days... She shot three major TV shows. And she has another one. She's, she's going to be a real force to be reckoned with in the nixtamalization of corn tortillas and heirloom corn products that are exploding across America. There was recently an article just yesterday or two days ago that came out in Bon Appetit. You should check out Mas Azul and look at that article. It's incredible, the trend of what's happening and the artisanship of, of real Mexican food that can be embraced both by Mexicans, authentic Mexican food and Americans, like help to bridge the gap between right. commercialized American Mexican food and authentic Mexican Mexican food. Right. There's, they're bridging that gap right now and it's going towards more of like acceptance on both fronts, right? right. And that's just something that's never happened in America. Yep. It's never happened in, in this country. And it's happening now in Vegas, it's happening in, in Nashville, it's happening in San Antonio, it's happening in LA, it's happening in Brooklyn. And all of the people that are, are doing it are part of another group of Mexican artisans that want to preserve tradition and heritage, but also want to apply modern technology to making heirloom corn tortilla and masa products. And it's amazing. So food, food stories like that are what I want to be a part of, right? And that's, I'm always going to be connected to that. Preserving tradition and heritage and utilizing technology and innovation to try to forward, to, to continue to tell the story but not lose sight of what made it special to begin with. And, and we, we've lost our way in the food world in the 80s, in late 70s, 80s, early 90s, when mass-produced, easy access, cheap food products became available through chains. And now 
We see what that's done to our bodies. Gluten-free, celiac, rejecting wheat products. That's all part of the big food, you know, corporate thinking of producing food that our bodies now say we don't want that anymore. And the next generation of American consumers want better quality, more authentic food that are the best of the best that are rooted in tradition but are still easy access. And now with technology and Instagram and online ordering and the explosion of like, you know, contactless payments, it's all going to be readily available and there's a food revolution going on and you're either part of it or you're not, but it's going to happen and it's happening. Yeah, it seems like you're in the know. Like you're on track for on the track for. I live, eat, and breathe it. You're welcoming the future. I'm happy about it, man, and I'm I'm stoked about it. Like and Drew too. He's transitioning from marketing to operating, and yo, his food is delicious. Yeah. Like I've seen what he's doing, and I think deliciousness. I think yo, I don't care what culinary school you went to, who you know, who you worked with, how many fucking knives you have, and how expensive they are, and who sharpens them. (laughs) I don't give a fuck. It either tastes good or it doesn't. Right. Yeah. I make the best burger in the city and I'll put the smoke on anyone, any chef Let's dork go. in the city. And, and that's real talk. And go I'm with love. I with haven't, love. honestly, Always. I haven't even tried it yet, but I know this guy has a great palate. He knows what tastes good, he knows what doesn't. And yo, he'll hit you with hate if your shit is whack. He's facts, real about it. Facts. And I've seen it done. He's not just going to say your shit is good if it's not good. And that's what I love. I mean, for a small fee, we can arrange. We can. But the truth is, is that I'm excited about the food scene locally, globally, and nationally. And things are happening now that have never happened in food history. And we're in the golden age of food right now. And we don't even know it until it's, but we're in it. The golden age is upon us and you're going to seize the moment and really capitalize on better quality, better ingredients in a real way. Not like, okay, the fake better ingredient, better quality person. Not that guy. The true best quality food product that are easily accessible that people can order by just touching their phone and getting it, showing up. That's happening and... I'm embracing it, man, and I'm, I'm proud of it. Well, I'll tell you this. I've never wanted pizza more in my fucking life. Yeah, Come to Good I'm Pie. Fire. You know what I'm saying? Let's go to Good Pie. Come uh, to Good Pie. Look, the salt and the sauce, thank you for coming on. By the way, your wedding is tomorrow. Wedding. We'll come out after the Congrats. wedding. So congratulations, congratulations, sir. That's I'm so blessed. huge. Thanks for coming on right before this. We appreciate you. Thank you. I, uh, I'm a huge fan of the show because you guys do things at a high level. Thank You're great you. at your job, so thank you so much. For having me here, and uh, if anybody wants to contact me, I'm an open book. You can DM the Good Pie LV, Good Pie LV at Good Pie LV on Instagram. Let's go, tell them I'm on it. Oh, yo, email me directly if you have questions about anything. Pizza at GoodPie.com. Please don't send the hate mail, but just send the love, and I'll I'll try to collaborate with you and work with you. Let's go, guys. Go to Good Pie. Yes, we sir. thank you as always for tuning in at the Residency Pod, Vincent Butolo. Thank you guys Salt for having me. Sauce. Salt we out of here. Sauce. Later, guys. SOS. <laughs>